0: Welcome to the Fintalks, a chat with Finance Malta. Today we have Carol Gabaretta, Secretary General of the Malta Bankers Association. Good morning. Good morning. Can you start by introducing the MBA for the benefit of those listeners who maybe is not familiar with your organization?
1: Yes, of course. And the MBA is basically the association for the licensed banks in Malta. Um, We currently comprise 22 members Um, and many of them are banks which uh, uh, do do, do their business locally uh, carry out their business locally and a few of them are banks which have a mixture of both So, so there is exposure to local entities there, they can take deposits from from local um, depositors also, but they have a mixture of business which is um, international and and local. Then you have um, the, the the rest of the other members, which are mainly focused on international business and. Outside the retail domain, so 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 they're um, very much more f- focused on on the corporate the corporate sector. Um, but as I said, it's it's the the, the, the they they do business almost exclusively um, internationally. Very good. Um, the the members, although few in number, relatively speaking, but have quite a a, a there's a quite a a mix of activities, except of course for those banks, those retail banks, those we can call them high street banks, which which everyone is familiar with in, in Malta.
0: Great. Thank you. And can you outline the most significant developments in Malta's banking sector in the past year and has digitization been a part of that?
1: Okay. I think the past year was and um, can be characterized characterized for everybody, I would imagine, as being hopefully a one-off, a one-off in the sense that um, most of the resources were dedicated to to, uh, combating the effects of the pandemic, of the COVID-19 pandemic. So whether it's a question of marshalling in the best way resources, whether it's a question of addressing the demands of the public in in a different manner whether it's the question of of having demands then from from uh, persons which were impacted uh, negatively by the pandemic and that was part and parcel um, of many many of the work which was undertaken undertaken by uh, by the the as i said the the retail banks but not only even even the the um non-core banks as they are known um, did have these the, these demands for moratoria and for assistance um to to help them out um uh, in in this what we hope will be a temporary phase so last year was a bit of a, 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 um, an outlier it's the it's, it's the tip of the um, bell-shaped curve where, where you have um, uh, uh, um, events um, which are very low probability but very high impact, as, as we all know. So, um, if I had to say, um, last year would, would have been a blip, but I think one of the characteristics um, of last year was this uh, shift I think in consumer patterns also and um, there was a, a, a um, quite a significant shift in uh, digital platforms utilized by institutions and uh, that is a, a positive um, thing because as you uh, probably w- w- well know, um, or whoever is familiar with our local market, we still place significant um, reliance on traditional payment instruments, such as cheques and uh, cash. Um, and um, COVID-19 has served to as a catalyst to drive perhaps um, those people who used to rely on such um, uh, payment methods to actually shift because they saw advantages. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think that, that um, since banks were much more focused in addressing, as I said before, um, the multiple issues arising from COVID, rather than being perhaps in a more serene environment and, and uh, discussing how best to marshal resources to be further innovative. Um, I would like to think that hopefully in a post-COVID um, um, environment there will be um, an acceleration of the trend we have seen in, 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 in last year and which is continuing. And I think that um, this uh, is a, um, it's it's not a question of nice to have. Our members, banks, have to do it. They are facing competitive pressures from more agile fintechs. They are facing um, uh, competition among themselves. And obviously in a post-COVID world, until things start to to perhaps um, uh, revert back to what used to be known as normal, and um, that will also entail competition, healthy competition amongst our members. Um, so, so I don't want to be. Um, I'm normally um, cautiously optimistic, but but. Um, I think the, the the post-COVID environment will be an exciting one for for our members in the sense that that there is a process of innovation which has started several years ago. Some players are more agile than others, and um, the fact that you are um, a traditional bank um, in Malta, which and, and all our banks are very plain vanilla banks traditional banks or at least most of them are um, it may not always be um, uh, how shall I say um, there may not always be the recognition that we may need to change because what we've been doing is has served us well and um why change a a, a winning course? But I think the realization is there. I think that even the the players which rely on traditional methods of of financing um, have seen the light and are um, uh, diverting resources or will divert more resources um, in order to to, to have this this, um, digital Uh, environment which will become more comprehensive amongst our members.
0: Very good, thank you. And banks play a key role as gatekeepers of the local economy. How successfully have the banks in Malta implemented this role? And has the risk management infrastructure been reviewed in this regard?
1: Um, Yes, uh, that, that is a very interesting question and I think um, banks were always in the forefront of being um, considered as the gatekeepers. If we will go back to the first iteration of um, prevention of money laundering legislation, way back in 1994, banks were amongst the first um, uh, type of entities which were considered as subject persons. So the recognition of um, uh, safeguarding the banks, the banks from from being accessories to a crime at the end of the day, um, because prevention uh, uh, money laundering is is a crime. Um, since that time, since that time, I think that banks have. Uh, invested millions and have seen a huge increase in their compliance functions, in, in their financial crime compliance uh, capabilities, um, and um, that is all part of a, a, a uh, the recognition that one cannot tolerate in any way, in any way that our institutions will be used other than for legitimate purposes so um, I think even if one had to speak to board members um, of, of our banks they would tell you um, and perhaps some of them who had experienced um, 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 the, re- the the realities um, over a a, a, a longer time period, say over a 10-year span Um, I'm sure they would tell you that um, the amount of time that boards have been dedicating to compliance issues, to risk management issues, to reputational issues um, is much, much more than it used to be. And this is not a knee-jerk reaction to Maleval, far from it. The process, as I said, started way before that, way before that. We have to keep in mind that unfortunately, although we have had cases of institutions which proved to be less than integral, the majority of players, the absolute majority of players are um, legitimate um, setups, they are there um, to service the economy and their customers, they're there to obviously make a profit also for their shareholders Um, and it is in the collective interest that they do not in any way um, serve as a channel for dirty money and that is the absolute um, reality for all our members. So um, I think that uh, the process um, has accelerated over the last uh, five years. Um, If you look also at what the Moneyval report um, said on the banking sector, I don't think the banking sector was considered to be one of the, um, uh, or rather let me put it the other way. I think the banking sector was considered to be one of those areas where at least there was not uh, huge problems. It's not as if to say that Moneyval did not uh, re- require um, and uh, recommend uh, changes and changes are being undertaken the interaction also with our regulatory authorities is uh, uh, has over the last couple of years increased evidently um, because of the manival um, effect but also because it needed to be done and it's good for everyone it's good for the for the um, reputation of the jurisdiction it's good for the institutions because at the end of the day they have to plug any lacuna which they have and also um, at the end of the day as I said reinforces the um, the, the, the principle that our institutions will never ever serve um, as a channel for their money Okay. It's not as if there aren't um, holes to be plugged. There are. Mm-hmm. But I think the holes are not gaping holes which will sink a ship, but holes which require maintenance. Um, if you don't um, uh, maintain um, uh, those holes, if you don't look after and, and take care to plug those holes, mm-hmm. they could prove to okay. to. to to be dangerous for for uh, sailing, mm-hmm. so so it's important, and I think everyone is very much appreciative. today. It's not so much of an us-and-them mm-hmm. mentality. Um, there is scope for for um, interaction. Mm-hmm. There is scope for um, public-private partnerships, and we hope that in Malta also this will continue to 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 be. a a characteristic as it is in other countries. Mm -hmm. We we have already some instances um, and we look forward as the banking sector itself to to, to have um, additional um, uh, partnerships which will continue to to, um, uh, whittle down the possibility of um, uh, serving as a channel for money laundering. You will never ever be able to be 100 percent sure that you've plugged all the holes or that there may not be um, uh, attempts to channel dirty money to you but at least you are um, well prepared and armored to to defend yourself.
0: Very good and yes best endeavors and and the industry pulling the same rope is key to, to, to progress and in keeping with Talking about security, cyber security is now a major concern across all financial services. How has Mal- the multi-banking sector been tackling this?
1: Um, cyber security, um, again, in, in much the same way as perhaps um, events which we said are um, very low probability but high impact, and then when they actually occur, um, everyone uh, starts to, to, to take the necessary action to shore up and to address um, the impact of, of such events. In Malta, um, as you know, um, a bit less than two years ago, we had a, a major incident in, in, in one of our banks. And I think that um, sent signals again It's not that um, banks were not prepared. You can always prepare. You can always do, try to do the best. But you are going to find someone, somewhere who's going to find a chink in your armor. And that chink um, you may have thought was not um, going to damage you. But I think That event um, which we had locally and other events and the recognition that um, cyber security incidents have an impact not only on the financial um, uh, perspective. They have an impact on your reputation. Uh, They have uh, an impact on your customers. Is my money safe? Um, and um, it is in everyone's interest on the part of our members to shore up their defenses, to, to do what needs to be done um, in, in addressing. Um, the process is a never-ending one. The amount of resources we uh, that banks have to dedicate is also um, significant you have training of personnel you need to to change systems you need to adopt um, more uh, robust um, risk management um, um, policies um, and and procedures so it's a very big task Um, and I think our members as I said have been have been and um, have been undertaking this task but um, again um, when you have incidents they serve to focus attention and um, and 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 more and um, we at the MBA um, also um, have a, 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 a try to facilitate matters by bringing members together to share and, uh, best practices to discuss, without obviously going into the the details, the specific details of their institution, because that's a no-go area for for the MBA. But we have a forum, which which um, is is a forum for bringing ideas and 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 to discuss, as I said, um, ways. On how best to counter um, the the ever ever present and ever growing, unfortunately, threat. Mm-hmm. So so again, you, this is another area where you say, okay, we, we we've arrived. No, you never arrive, <laughs> because when you arrive, then you see other other revenues which mm-hmm. need to be explored, um, in order to maintain a, a healthy risk environment.
0: Indeed. And what would you say is the outlook for Maltese banks? What are the primary changes the industry can expect in terms of the competitive landscape, regulation, its relationship with the funds industry, etc.?
1: Okay, I think um, my my main um, my main uh, so to say um, point or, 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 or focus would be to address the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is Malta's reputation. I think that is the biggest challenge. Um, the impact, the, the negative impact, which, which everyone felt um, because of um, the, the deterioration in our um, reputation over the last few years, had a very tangible impact also on our members Um, and mainly mainly in the area of correspondent banking in US dollar but not only Um, so it's already a big problem for a small island state even if its reputation is squeaky clean um, to find correspondent banking relationships with the big players. Why? Because corresponding correspondent banks themselves have retrenched. And this is a phenomenon which affected not only Malta, but many, many other jurisdictions. And this has been happening for the last at least 10 years. And it's a very simple relationship. It's a very simple uh, issue, which is caused by the risk-reward relationship. So, Volumes in, in small countries are very low, mm-hmm. but risks sometimes are not. So the, the, there is the recognition on the part of the correspondent banks to say, OK, we are gaining X million dollars from country, whoever. And is it worth it? Is it worth because we're seeing a deterioration in that country's reputation we're seeing their institutions which are dealing in a number of um uh, sectors business sectors we are not comfortable with so um, bottom line is what do they do they just cut relationships they don't need us we need them so this has occurred as a process as i said and it was accelerated with the, de- the deterioration in Malta's reputation. So the biggest challenge we have today today is um, for banks to operate when you have this cloud over your head. And um, to add to this, we have the um, another uh, sword of Damocles <laughs> hanging over our heads. Over our heads, we have the the FATF assessment, which obviously um, now formalizes the moneyval uh, process. In June. Um, in June there will be a plenary meeting, and there it will be decided whether Malta will be grey listed or not. If Malta is not grey-listed, and I sincerely hope that we, we, I think everyone sincerely (laughs) hopes that we we do make the grade, then um, that could perhaps lift some of the cloud. Um, But, again, have we arrived? No. We have just started on another journey. And the banking sector has to continue to show that notwithstanding it will um, that the jurisdiction has passed the test Um, that it has to show that they will continue to operate in the best way possible in order to um, remove any hint of um, uh, bad reputation which may still linger in the air so to say and uh, I see that in, a, hopefully, a post-COVID environment, mm-hmm. w- in a situation whereby Malta will hopefully not be grey-listed, I see that as, again, um, perhaps I'm being a bit too emphatic, but it is a bit of an exciting time. Mm-hmm. Even though our banks are not, as I said, um, in the forefront of... of um, Um, operating with a huge number of innovative instruments, which, as an aside, was one of the reasons why, in 2008, when there was the financial crisis, our banks sailed through without any problems whatsoever. Mm -hmm. There was no government intervention whatsoever. Why? Because small was beautiful at that time, and plain vanilla was the flavor of the day. Today things are, are different, um, today there are much more complex issues uh, in, in, in uh, interacting, but I think that by and large um, for our sector in the conditions I mentioned before, I, I, I see this as as being a, a, a fruitful time, uh, with, or could possibly be a fruitful time. And, um, with the, perhaps the, require, the, the the renewed interest in, in Malta um, as a jurisdiction, hopefully mm-hmm. as a result of a positive assessment by, by the FF, FATF, um, that could also um, um, see more foreign direct investment, which would be channeled here, and also um, uh, certain uh, certain investment possibilities which could have been put on hold because of these two um, major impacts, COVID and and the possibility of greylisting, then um, uh, there would be much more comfort in going forward to to undertake investment. Um, As an aside, the banking sector here um, is Notwithstanding that we have a capital market, and we, uh, hope, uh, we we also have small alternative markets, the banking sector still is the main driver of the economy here. It's it's, and this is again it's not a, a an outlier Malta's not an outlier here. Um, uh, uh, it's it's characteristic of many European um, countries, where the. And that is the reason why um, there is this drive, which doesn't seem to be driving at a fast pace, on on the, the implementation of a capital markets union mm-hmm. within Europe. But the banking sector here is still the main driver. So it's important. It's it, in a in a way there is this symbiotic relationship um, between the the economy and 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 banks. Um, banks. Make the economy run. Mm-hmm. At the same time, banks are are also generating um, uh, new opportunities um, for uh, their their customers to have better service and hopefully um, a better coverage, um, even even in in the products that are offered. When it comes to 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 um, uh, how shall I say? The, the, the fate or the confidence in the banking sector. I think, by and large, uh, thankfully, that is, still, that is still very, very um, marked here in Malta. Deposits continue to be generated, notwithstanding the, as we all know, abysmal um, interest rates, which our members, <laughs> but not only our members, banks all over have to pay. All over the world, um, because of the current interest rate environment, mm-hmm. yet um, deposits flow in. So, from a funding perspective, banks continue um, to be local banks continue to be uh, funded by deposits again to a significant extent. When you look, when you look also um, with other with other European peers, and that is also a positive. Um, a, a positive. Um, so, by and large, I am, um, I, I said it before, cautiously optimistic that things will, will improve.
0: Very good. Thank you, Carol, for talking us through the, the journey that Maltese banks are expected to, to take. The FinTalks are available on the main podcast apps and on the Finance Malta YouTube channel. For more information, please visit www.financemalta.org backslash podcast and follow Finance Malta on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you.